I am overjoyed to be with you to do this film today and excited about uh, you as mothers wanting to do things to help your children know more about God. Let me pray. We'll get started. Lord, first we just want to thank you because we recognize children are a gift from you. And Lord, we do want to be able to have them come to know you early in life and follow you all of their lives. So I just pray that you would use this example that we used in our family to help these moms teach their children the names of God. And Lord, that you would be honored by that and that their lives would be deepened to love you and to want to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Was choosing a name for your child a big deal? And did it require much contemplation? And if you were like me, you wrote it out a lot to see what it looked like. It's an intimate moment for couples as you uh, pool all your likes and dislikes about names and then weed out certain names because of having a negative history with them. Like Derek, oh no, he was the class clown. Or Jennifer, she never gave me the time of day. We're very particular about choosing names. God is particular about choosing his name. And I have a sheet for you to have that shows scripture showing how much God loves his name. The, the definition of the word name is that it's a label to distinguish objects or people from one another. God's name is how he reveals himself and his character qualities to humanity. It's been said that the names of God are like windows to his nature and character. I like that. Knowing God's names is like peering inside the window and seeing what's inside. It's God's way of letting us know more about him. James and I decided when our children were very young that we wanted to teach them the names and attributes of God from Scripture. And we decided, because of their young age, that we needed to do this by thinking of something tangible, a picture of each name and attribute. And then we thought as they matured, we could add things, like we would add the Scripture to it. We eventually even taught them some of the Hebrew and Greek names for, the, for God. And even did outside reading about. But when we started, I just had some uh, cards around the house. I just put the quality, the name of the name or the quality on the card and drew a picture or sometimes I taped a picture on it. So we started out very foundationally, not fancy at all. Now as time went on, some girls in my community wanted to do some fancy cards and they made me some, but either works, simple or fancy. In our family, we learned one a week. We kept the cards in a basket near the breakfast table. We would talk about the names of God at meals. Sometimes we used that as our blessing. We did it in the car, like at red lights or waiting in carpool lines. Now, some things kids like, some things kids don't like, but our children responded very well to this. They liked to hold the card. They liked to choose their favorite. Now, your handout has a list of 40 of the names and the pictures that I used in the scripture reference. I just want to remind you that God does have more than 40 names, but it's a starting place. So on your list, the first three I would teach uh, in a row, and they're the omni ones. And so the first, the word omni, O-M-N-I, 
N-I means all, and the first one is all-knowing, which is omniscient. And what I used for that as a picture is a library card, and I would take the kids to the library, and we would stand in the library, and I would tell them, God knows everything in every book on every floor of this library. And in fact, God knew all of that before the library was built or the books were written. And then that God knows everything about you, I used an x-ray, like you can't see the inside of you, know what's going on, but God knows everything about you. He even knows all of your thoughts. And then the second omni is omnipotent, which means that God is strong. And so kids uh, at younger ages are fascinated by superheroes. So just ask them, who, who do you think is the strongest superhero? And they probably will get into an argument about that. But just finally say, but nobody is as strong as God. Nobody. He is the strongest of all. And then the third omni is omnipresent. And so we just used an envelope where God's return address was God everywhere. And then another one, the bread of life, that he's the bread of life. And sometimes we used a piece of real bread, and sometimes we used the fake bread. One time we made a loaf of bread and we sprayed it with lacquer, and that worked great. Uh, this one, this card, is that he's the cleansing one, and we would just get a bowl, fill it with water, and then put some soap in it. And in the top of the soap, we would take a knife and just draw a cross so that the kids would understand that he can cleanse us because of his death on the cross. Next one is just a door. And I put behind the door eternal life, but you could put other things behind the door, some of the things that God gives you as gifts. And then after uh, that one is the one for that God is eternal. And this is a fun one. They like this one because you can easily demonstrate it to them by just making a circle like there's no end to a circle. So that's like God. And here's one thing they're very fascinated by. God has no birthday. Now, Jesus had a birthday when he came to earth, but he had no beginning birthday. And... If you have um, a thing of yarn and you really have a lot of patience one day, you could start and unravel this all the way through your house and have it the end of it meet back up with the beginning of it where it just went and went and went and went. Now, it's fun to do, but it is a task to pick it up. So you have to think twice if you want to demonstrate it that way. Next one I have is an anchor. And you can make an anchor out of a pipe cleaner. So you could let everybody make their own anchor. But what we tried to do was when we went to the lake, we would look at our boat anchor. We would watch it go down. We would look at bank, uh, other boats that were anchored. And even online, you can find a lot of great pictures of anchors so that you can talk about how God is our anchor and he keeps us from floating off track. Then the next one is faithful, and what we used to say that God is faithful is the sun coming up every morning. Do you realize that even if it's cloudy and you don't see the sun, it still comes up? And so it is faithful, and what we would attach to this card is like a calendar uh, month of uh, the uh, year of all the months because it's every morning that that sun comes up, and you can count on God being faithful. And then the next one is Father, 
And on mine, I just drew two little stick figures of one a father, one a child. You might do your card where you actually put a picture of, your, of the dad on there. Just do what would be fun and appropriate for them to understand that God is our father. And then this one is a fortress. And what I did with this one is just made pictures of fortresses. But when you go to a playground, generally they have a fortress that you can climb up. And so then you can talk about God is your fortress when things go wrong or you're afraid. You can run to the fortress just like you could run here and go all the way to the top and you could be safe. And then the next one is uh, grace. And this is what we would do to help our children understand what grace is from God. On a just plain, ordinary day, no reason at all, we could give them gifts. And we would just do it as a surprise, and we, they would say, well, why are you doing this? And we would say, you don't deserve it. You don't necessarily uh, need it. But we love you so much that we just wanted to give you gifts. And that's what God's grace is. It is his gifts that we do not deserve, but that he is willing to give us. Then the next one was that God is your hiding place. This was one of my kids' favorite because you can undo this block and inside there's a little Lego figure and he's hidden inside this block. And so they loved that one. They liked that thought that they could go to God and he would be his, their hiding place. This one I had no trouble doing. This one is holy and so I'm not a good silver polisher, and so here is a salt shaker that was once upon a time very nicely polished, but I used it to talk about this is not holy, and then I did use a piece of my silver that I did clean to talk about God is holy. All of this tarnish is not a part of God's character. And then the last one on that column is that God is I am. Now, God, that means that God is just present all the time. But sometimes we have trouble thinking about what that is like. So one way we dem demonstrated this to the kids was to get a fan and say, air is around you all the time, but sometimes you don't notice it. But when you fan, you can feel it. So that's what God is. He's like the air all around you. And when you need him, the I am is there for you. And then this one my kids really loved was talking about that God is just or that he is fair. And how I demonstrated this is I set a timer for a, a specific time and I said, uh, I'm going to give you some money. And I gave, I had the four kids line up and the timer was going and I gave one like a 50 cent piece and a dime and another one quarters and another one dimes and nickel and I gave them varying amounts of money and nobody had a full dollar and so I stopped then and I said am I fair am I just and they all were like no she has more money or I have more they got into a conflict over it and I said wait a minute has the timer gone off? And they said, no. And I said, then we can't make a decision about justness and fairness until the timer goes off. And so then by the time the timer went off, I had given them all an equal amount of money. And I said, this is the way it is going to be until we are with 
God in heaven. We will believe he is just because he has said that in his word. But the timer has not gone off for everything for us to look around and say, oh, yeah, that was just, that was the right thing to do. So this was a good one for them to learn. And then this was another one that they really loved. And you could use either that God is gentle or that God is kind. But what he had was some sandpaper and something soft. And I would rub it on their face, and I would say, which one do you prefer? And they would say, well, of course, that God is kind, that he is gentle. And I said, that is the way he always is. But sometimes you feel like this because you're pulling away from him. But God, by nature, is kind and gentle. And then this one, the king. And just to talk about that no one outranks him that if you stacked up every king that you've ever studied and whatever they have done, they're nothing compared to that God is king and the things he has done. And we learn that from scripture. Then the next thing is that Jesus is light. And so we used a light bulb, like on at the, ta at the breakfast table when we talked about this one, we'd, we'd use a light bulb, but you could use a flashlight or lots of things. But one of the boys, who was probably about six at the time, he forever called, when you talked about Jesus being the light of the world or whatever, he always said light bulb, because when he was little, that was how he learned it. And then the next one is living water, and this isn't a very good drawing. You can see that I'm not that artistic. But just go visit a fountain where water is spewing and spewing and spewing. And think about how it's so fresh and the sound of it and the feel of the water. And know that that is the way uh, Jesus is too. He's the living water. And then God is love, of course, Jews' hearts. And when Valentine's Day comes around, go off afterwards and buy up their sale hearts because they're always you'll always find those to be very handy and then god is merciful and when i first started i just drew one little band-aid but then i got a little um, fisher price first aid kit and it has lots of things in it like pepto-bismol and things but god's mercy is like he comes to provide the band-aids that you need and then God is patient, or another way to say that is he's slow to anger. And the way I demonstrated this to my kids was I filled up the teapot up to the top brim, and then I put, put on the fire underneath it, and we stood there. And you know what? It takes a long time for a tea kettle to whistle. And they got bored. They were waiting and waiting and waiting. And I said, but you remember this is the way God is. He is slow to anger. He doesn't jerk you around. He doesn't go into fits. And then the next one was that he is the potter. And so you can get Play-Doh and let everybody make their own little um, vase. But you talk about God. We're the vase and God is making us into something beautiful that shows his design, and we can be so glad for that. Then the next one is that God is 
promise keeper. And we just drew a rainbow and talked about that that rainbow is a promise that God would never destroy the earth with water again. But we drew the rainbow from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation to remind them the Bible is full of God's promises and he keeps every single one of them. Then the next one is protector. And we used an umbrella for this. And when we would have a, a big rainstorm, I would get an umbrella and I would take the kids outside. And we would stand there and I would say, are you protected from the rain? And they would go, well, no, it's pouring down on us. And then I opened the umbrella, but I didn't hold it up. I just held it down. And I said, is the umbrella protecting you? And they'd say, no. And I'd say, what do you have to do? for this umbrella to be your protection. And they said, you have to open it and you gotta get under it. And that's true about God. You have to be in the places where he has protected you. And sometimes you don't like where you are or you don't like a teacher or you don't like this or that, but you have to ask God, is this your protection for me? And help me not to be trying to get out from under it. Then the next one uh, is resurrection, and I just drew a stone uh, rolled away in a tomb, and um, they love to hear that story of resurrection and think about what that day was like. And uh, then the next one is that, um, let's see, God is our rock that is higher than we are, and if you go uh, anywhere to state parks or what, there's usually rock things they can climb. So remind them that if somebody gets all the way up to the top, God is still the rock that is higher than you are, and he can keep you safe. And then this one is salvation, and it's kind of one of my favorites. For salvation, I just got a little ambulance and driver, and that they are coming to pick up someone who is hurt badly. And that little stretcher has a cross on it because salvation is that Jesus is your rescuer. He's your ambulance driver. He comes to pick you up. And he can do it because of the cross that he died on for you. And then the next one is shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And we talked about a lot in our family that we were sheep and that we needed to understand we were sheep. And in every room in our house, we have something that re reflects a shepherd or a sheep because we talked about ourselves constantly as we are sheep. He is the shepherd. And then the next thing is God is, <clears throat> God is our shield. And so you can pick, you could just draw one or, you know, sometimes at those party stores after Halloween or what, they'll have shields on sale. You might pick one up because my kids did like to play with one a lot. This was a very big favorite with one of my children. And that is that God neither slumbers nor sleeps. And uh, this child added to that verse, he doesn't slumber or sleep or take naps because he so hated naps. So he loved this quality of God, that he didn't have to take a nap and didn't even slumber at night. 
Then the next thing is that God is triune, or you might use, instead of using the word triune, you might use Trinity. Either way, the T-R-I is what makes it th um, three. And just to talk about, a triangle has three sides, and so they represent, they can represent God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And see that they are equal and that they serve each other. And then the next one is that God is trustworthy. And you can demonstrate this one by paper towels and get some crummy paper towels like, I don't know, maybe dollar store paper towels and then get some really good ones. And so they can see the difference. That, that weak one is going to fall apart when it has to sop up something. And a strong one will not. God is strong. He is able. And so you can trust him for all of those things. And then the next is that he is truth. So uh, we just defined it as he doesn't lie. And then I cut out a picture of a, of a, a detective taking a lie or someone taking a lie detector test. And we talked about that uh, God never had to take one because he doesn't lie about anything. The other way you can demonstrate this one is to get cardboard and just make a fake cake with frosting and set it out like it's going to be dessert for the night and then they're so disappointed when that thing is just cardboard but let them learn that God is truth he's not going to ever disappoint you like that then the next one is on changing and this means that God is the same today yesterday and will be tomorrow he always runs on the same track and so if you have a little train that you could then set an engine or something on this to show how the wheels have to get on the track, but God always runs on an unchanging track of who he is. So that's why he's so dependable. And then the next one was that Jesus is our vine, and you could use an actual vine. You can use pictures of a vine. The next one that he is the way, and I just took a, a map, drew a line on it as a route, and uh, marked it because Jesus was saying he is the way and we need to be following him in that way. Then the next one is wisdom and we just used uh, glasses for that because to have wisdom is like you having bad eyesight and then putting on glasses and it corrects things. And God is wisdom and the whole book of Proverbs he wrote so that you could be wise because he is wise. And then the last one was, the last one on this list, is that God is worthy. And thinking about that, he is worthy for you to invest your heart, to give him your heart. And so we would have a gumball machine, and um, I would write on it uh, things that these gumballs could represent, that God has peace, joy, righteousness, truth, he's eternal, his love, and uh, then I would uh, have some little paper hearts, and if they did chores or whatever, and they collected a few hearts, then they could come bring me their hearts, and they could get a coin to put it in the gumball machine. But I would say to them, there is never a time that you get something out of God that it will not be good and delicious and wonderful for you, because God is worthy of all of your trust, of all of your love, of 
all of your dependents. So those are just examples of um, things that we did to teach them those the characteristics and the names, but I want to conclude by talking about ways that we used learning God's name. First of all, about favorites. Every child developed favorite cards, favorite pictures. It's just interesting to look back and see what was their favorite thing about God. And then fears. We would discuss our children's fears. And when we did, like say, you're afraid of the dark. What is a name of God that can help you when you are in the dark and are afraid? And they would say, he is light. He is omnipotent. There's nothing in the darkness stronger than him. He doesn't sleep. He's watching over you as you sleep. And then praise. We would just have some night, we would just say it's praise night, and everybody would just name all the names of God that they could remember, and they would clap and cheer and play an instrument, and we just have a very noisy time, but praising God. And then prayer. When we prayed for someone, we would think, what name of God could help them? in this situation. And then we would pray that God would be that for them. And then gifts. We would sometimes make gifts for others in need, and we would make some of these cards, and we would give them maybe as a birthday wish. And we would say, we're praying this year that you remember and think about that God is your shepherd. And then focus. We just had a white plate on the kitchen counter and a washable marker. And we would let one child pick one of the names of God and they would just write that name on that plate and they would be connecting that to something that was going on in their life. For instance, during finals, like one of the kids wrote on the plate uh, that you know everything and uh, then underneath in parentheses uh, she wrote, and I sure do need you to share it with me at nine o'clock on my test. So we just let them pick one themselves to focus on for something in the, happening in their week. And then fathering, James had a white marker board in the kitchen by the breakfast area. He traveled a lot when the kids were growing up. And when he left for a business trip, he would write one of God's names on the board. And he would say that was what he was going to be praying for the kids. And then he drew stick figures of the kids like they were following, like if it was shield, He'd draw four little stick figures with a shield on it. Well, this thing, the whiteboard in the kitchen, became a big hit with all the neighborhood kids. And they would always come in, and they would look at what was on that board. And then they would pick up the marker, and they would draw a stick figure of themselves and put themselves in that situation. And then heart time. We always, at night, tried to end the evening at bedtime by asking a heart question. Did you think about God today? What did you remember about him? And so it was just a good way to get them focused on God's names as they were going to sleep. And then uh, a link to when we did Bible study, we would say, what is this story telling us about God? Does it reflect any of his names? Do they come to the, your mind as you're reading this story out of the Bible? And then angels. Uh, one thing I found in my early mothering days is that to go into the room after a child was asleep and to pray for them. And for one reason is because all of them, when they're asleep, look like angels. 
And that would just erase a whole lot of my frustration of the day. But I, I would pick some of these names to pray for them, pray for different ones for different kids. And it's been fun as they've grown up to watch how God has helped them know what that particular name was about God and rely on it. And then for the next generation, we have 14 grandchildren. They have learned the names of God, and some of them make note cards, like they draw the name of God and draw their own little picture on it, and they sell them as thank you notes to people. So it's been fun to see it go another generation. I actually wrote a book focusing on God's names for one of my grandchildren because I felt he was going to face some very hard times. God put this on my heart several years before the actual hard time came. I just made a simple version of it, but James had it published for me on an, as an anniversary gift. And I just used uh, several of God's name and qualities to remind the grandchildren that God was with them on sunny days and stormy days. So I, my desire is that this book would get in the places like daycare centers or pediatric offices or hospitals so that children who are having stormy days could find out what God's names are and how he could help them on those days and on the sunny ones too. Your children will play the game of following the leader a lot growing up. The truth is your children will follow a leader in life. Pray that that leader is the one true living God who came to bring us to himself through Jesus. Help them get to know him. He is infinite. We will never know everything about him in all of eternity. But he has been kind to give us much revelation to whet our appetite and to love and serve him. My prayer for you is you get five index cards and just start with five names. <laughs>